After what seemed like a week of arguing, we went to the Melancholy Falls Vortex. Buddy made sure to wake me up the next morning, at an hour that only meant he had secretly hadn't forgiven me and this was my eternal punishment for the past misdeeds. But at least there were donuts. It was a long drive out of town, and it felt like we were lost in the woods for hours. Johnny, what do you think they'll do first? The height changing thing, or the ball rolling uphill thing? Well, you'll never find out if we don't get there. Are you sure you know where we're going? Duh, it's on the way to the cabin. It's on the way to the cabin? Buddy, you could have gone this whole time, but you had to wait until a mystery to drag me out here with you? It's not like I'm gonna go without my best friend. Look, I'm flattered that you waited for me and all, but- Don't worry. I'll pay for this one, you can get me back when we go to the Tri-State Nostralzeum. Our car approached the empty parking lot. A dilapidated building stood in front of us, bearing a sign that read, Visto Center. Although I'm sure that was due to the missing letters and not any arcane languages. Peering past the building, you can make out one of those roadside mystery spots built on the side of a hill where everything is designed to throw off your sense of perspective. Taking one look at it, I realized we had definitely made it to my personal hell. The Melancholy Falls Vortex. Buddy was practically bouncing as he entered the Visto Center. Ours was the only car to occupy the parking lot, and as you can imagine, we were the sole people in the Visto Center's lobby. Jonathan, can we please get a postcard? The sparse space looked as though it hadn't played host to any actual Vistos in some time. It served as a hybrid vortex museum slash gift shop. A map of the local area hung on the wall behind the metal racks, stocked with a few lonely postcards with slogans like, Don't mess with Vortexus. And the only souvenir license plate keychains that were left were the unpopular names like Bram and Tobe. The dust on the floor made it clear that there wasn't much of a reason to keep the place freshly stocked. Oh. My gosh. Vortex shot glasses? But how could that be? He's getting drunk uphill! Buddy, focus. We came here to find your stuff. Kismet, Johnny. We've been over this before. My missing stuff led us here to fulfill my dreams of exploring the wonders of the Cosmo in this magical place. Okay, fine. You look at the Chotskys. I'll find an adult to talk to around here. Ooh, can we please get astronaut ice cream? Um, can I help you guys? Ah! To our shock, a man wearing a Melancholy Falls Vortex t-shirt seemingly appeared out of nowhere. Wait a minute, don't I know you? The man looked strangely familiar. I do know you guys. You're them Scranton hotshots. Upon closer inspection, I noticed a familiar name tag adorning his chest. Johnny, it's that Jeff guy. It's Jeff, actually. I see uh, you decided to stay and enjoy a slice of what the locality has to offer. Yeah, that's it. Jeff! What's out there? Nothing, just some patrons. Patrons? Visitors. Paying guests. I know what a patron is, Jeff. Since when do we receive patrons? I will take care of them. I apologize. Where was I? Who is that? Oh, nobody. Just, uh, my business partner, Rundo. Now, what brings you to our lovely Vortex? Listen, Jeff, we don't want to take up too much of your time. We just have to- To take the tour. We just want to take the tour. Oh. Well, uh, we, uh, we haven't had anybody take the tour in a while. Please? It's my dying wish. Dude, you're not dying. Aren't we all, though? It's a cruel inevitability of the Vortex we call life. I don't know, gentlemen. I mean, the Vortex hasn't been feeling well. I'm sure the Vortex is just perfect. There's a three-star review in it for you. You know what? I will be right back. I'm gonna go make sure the vortex is all vortexy. So we get to take the tour? Maybe. 
We came for answers. What are you doing? You're gonna blow our cover. Do you want to take the tour or what? I didn't want to take the tour to begin with. I just want to get your answers and then get out of here. The tour is our cover to sneak into Answer Town. I don't need cover, and I don't need to sneak into Answer Town. I'm the sheriff of Answer Town. And as the honorary mayor of Fun City, I order you to take the tour. Buddy, quiet. Do you hear that? And if you don't let me give them the tour, Rondo, we will blow our cover. I sold the plates on their car, Jim. They're local. They ain't from no scraping. Don't worry about that. I will give them the tour and I will get them out of here. How long's it been since you get a tour? Not that long. I'll get them out of here. You were talking to the king of Distraction County. Well, you do whatever you have to, your highness. We need to get this moving. He hasn't been fed in a while. He's coming back. Act cool. Okay, I have checked on the Vortex and discussed the matter with my compatriot. If y'all are ready, it will be $3.75 each and the tour will start promptly in five. You may wait out back while I prepare. Buddy and I sat outside on a cold bench, waiting for Jep to prepare whatever that meant. Oh, this is gonna be so good. So, I guess you don't care about your missing stuff anymore? There's a time and place for missing stuff, and now is neither the time nor the place, mostly due to the strange temporal and gravitational effects of the primal location we're about to explore. Let me ask you a question. How many of these have you done? How many states are there? 43? 50? Whatever. You have a lot of downtime between shows when you're on tour. Were any of the other mystery spots the Ramekins went to as weird as this one? They're all a little weird, Johnny. I don't mean normal weird, buddy. I mean, there's clearly something up with this guy weird. I know. What kind of a name is Jep? Or the fact that Jep is totally hiding something? Let alone the fact that he also happened to be working at the same exact freight company that keeps messing up your shipments. There's something strange going on here, and given all the portals we've run across in our career, I wouldn't be surprised if this is some kind of massively interconnected plot. Or, you know, random crazy happenstance. Or he's just your average run-of-the-mill forest weirdo. Oh, here he comes! Jep stepped out of the visitor center dressed in full period costume as an old-timey prospector. His outfit was wrinkled and musty, and I couldn't tell if that was for authenticity or if it just had been left in a storage shed for some time. The illusion of his character was only broken by the astronaut ice cream he gnawed on with a styrofoamy crunch. He approached Buddy and I, the only two people in his audience, and began to speak. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends of all ages, welcome to the world-famous Melancholy Falls Vortex. You are just the latest of millions of people annually who come from far and wide to explore the mysteries of the universe in this wonderful place. Now, if you would be so kind as to follow me, our tour will begin with some history behind the mystery. Jep led us to the foot of a small hill, a clearing with two slightly uneven concrete blocks set into the ground. Now, long, long ago, the land you see before you was owned by the Melancholy Falls Mining Company. The mining company's calculations led them to believe that they would hit a payload of copper in the hill you see before you, but alas, that was not the case and they placed the land up for sale. One day, Mr. Jefferson McIvers was passing through and he fell in love with the land you see. 
He fell in love with it enough that he wanted to build his summer home here, but he only wanted the flat land, and that is now our parking lot. The mining company would not sell him the flat land unless he took the hill where the old mines once operated. The reason the mining company did this is because they deemed the hill and their mines useless due to gravitational fluctuations that played havoc with their equipment. This guy's good. <clears throat> now, the mining company warned Mr. McIvers of this fact. They warned him not to attempt to build anything on this hillside as his equipment would not work either and any structure he built would be crooked and useless. Lucky for us, Mr. McIvers did not believe them and he set forth to build his summer home on the hillside you see before you. Now, Mr. McIvers brought his surveyors out to begin construction on his home and they discovered something peculiar. They discovered the same gravitational fluctuations that had once made the mining company's life in these woods untenable. Using their surveying equipment, they calculated the exact size and shape of what would be known as Melancholy Falls Vortex. They determined that it must be spherical in nature, 200 feet in diameter, stretching 100 feet below the very ground that we are on, running up the hill, around the back of Mr. McIver's doomed summer home, down through the trees to your right, and right between this very pair of concrete blocks set in the ground where we stand, leaving one concrete block outside of the vortex and one inside. These concrete blocks now signify our line of demarcation, where once you cross, time, gravity, and physics cease to have meaning. Now, may I have two volunteers? You've got to be kidding me. We'll do it! We'll do it! Now, my two lovely volunteers, may I have your names? Benjamin Buddy Nutters, and this is my friend Johnny. Benjamin and Johnny, may I have the two of you each choose a block to stand on and face each other? Buddy forced me to do as Jep asked. Now, Benjamin... You are standing outside of the vortex, and Johnny, you are in. Right now, as we can see, Benjamin, if you look straight ahead, your line of sight goes directly into Johnny's chin. And Johnny, yours terminates at the top of Benjamin's head. Now, if you will change places. Buddy had a look of giddy anticipation on his face as we traded spots. Where does your line of sight go, Benjamin? We looked evenly at each other's eyes. <gasps> Eye contact! We're the same height! Are you now? Let's prove it! Jet produced a level, placed it on our heads, and sure enough, the bubble stayed perfectly centered. What is happening? Johnny, do you believe this? Okay, clearly the blocks we're standing on aren't even. If they weren't even, then why would the level I placed on your heads be straight? Basic geometry? Let's continue up to Mr. McIver's house and see if we can make a believer out of you yet. This is terrible. Are you kidding me? We changed height, Johnny. This is so cool. The tour only got worse once we got into McIver's house. As we stepped into the first room, we were met with walls and floors constructed at angles that were never meant to intersect. Watch as I place this ball on the crooked shelf. Watch, Johnny. But what is this? It's gonna do the thing. The ball is rolling uphill. 
Now how can that be? It did the thing. With each passing room, the parlor tricks got dumber and dumber. But normal pendulums will maintain a straight line upon swinging. As you can see here, the iron weight we have dangled from the ceiling is swinging on a curve that one can only assume is matching the gravitational pull of the vortex. Oh, come on. He clearly flicked his wrist when he- Jonathan, not in front of the pendulum. I'm so sorry for my friend. Uh, continue. Like, really dumb. Look, Johnny, I am standing on the wall. Dude, you're standing on an angle. An angle on the wall. On and on it went. If there was one thing Jep and Buddy were right about, it was the unique time dilation effects of the vortex, proven by the fact that even though my watch said only 20 minutes had passed, the tour felt like it dragged on for hours. Luckily for my sanity, the tour eventually ended right back at the gift shop where it started. Thank you so much for joining our tour, gentlemen. It was our pleasure. Are you done with your patrons yet? One minute, Rundo. Now. I apologize, but I must be making my adieu. We're on our winter hours. I need help. These boxes aren't good at shut themselves. I said one minute. Boxes? Uh, do you guys need help with those? Oh, no worry. We just received a restock of, uh, snow globes. But I don't see any snow globes on your shelves. That's why it's called a restock, sir. You must get really good shipping rates with your, um, other job. I do. But you would know that, being from the Scranton branch and all. So, we're gonna go. Thank you so much for the tour, Mr. Jeff. It was truly enlightening. We'd love to stay in chat, but it's a long drive back to Scranton or whatever. Bye. Buddy hooked his arm through mine and dragged me out to the car. What was that back there? What was what? I, I was about to get answers and, and find out about your missing stuff. Wasn't that the whole point of all of this? There's no rush, Johnny. What do you mean, no rush? This is all getting a little weird. Why were they in such a hurry to get us out? And who was the he they were talking about feeding? What does it have to do with the stealing stuff? And what kind of poor malformed thing did they have chained up back there? Well, look who's interested in the tourist trap all of a sudden. We'll get our answers. We can go back whenever. Or, did you forget about these? Buddy jingled his magic keyring in front of me. And for the first time ever, that wasn't a euphemism for anything. Today was some light recon. We got the lay of the land, we know where all the doors are, we know what we're dealing with. Now, we just wait for tonight, get in, go to that back room or wherever that Randy guy was, and find my stuff. Easy. Return Home, Episode 29, They Slip Away. You just listened to part two of three. It was written by Michael Listenberry and produced by Jeff Heimbuck. It featured the vocal talents of Forrest Orta, Colin Goheen, Damian Holmey, and Jeff Heimbuck. The original musical score was by Corey Celeste. Want to find us on social media, buy return home merchandise, or support us on Patreon? You can find links for each in the show notes or on our website at returnhomepodcast.com. Questions? Comments? Want to take the Melancholy Falls Vortex tour again? Send us an email at returnhomepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, pleasant dreams.